Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Hey there, this is Marsha Collier and uh, Mark Cohen's MIA this week. He's got something better to do, but it's just you and me and producer Florentino. Say hello, Florentino. Hello, everyone. Oh, God, what a sexy voice. (laughs) You have to stop by more often. So here we are. We're going to talk about a little tech and... It's been quite a week. I mean, lots of tech stories, believe it or not. You know, you rarely do have a bunch of tech stories. But this week, what is with Apple? Okay, I'm not going to pick on Apple, but what is the story? If you have an Apple iPhone or an iPad or an iPod, (laughs) seventh generation, or an iPad Pro, go in there now and do an update. And the update uh, is something you must do. What is the update going to? It's 15.6.1. Go in there and do it right now. And, you know, you can come back to the podcast later. It's that important. Why? (laughs) This is insane. It seems that there is a zero-day security exploit that people can do with to your phone without you doing anything. I mean, you don't even have have to have, you know, drop your picture here or <laughs> the different things that you have on an iPhone or an iPad or whatever. But just doing nothing without installing this um, will risk you being taken over by bad actors. Now, bad actors, we're not talking about, you know, some of those in Hollywood that you really don't want to watch. We're talking about people who probably want to take over your device and they can potentially hack and take complete control over your devices. This is insane. This is potentially microphone, camera. They could put a key logger on there. Um, Those in the public eye, such as activists, politicians, journalists, better act quicker. But if you're listening, do it now. Update your iOS to 15.6.1. Did you do it yet? Laurentino? I literally was doing it as you were saying that because I checked my, uh, I checked and I was at five, uh, uh, I was at 0.6. I didn't get to 0.6.1 yet. So now I am, I'm on my way. But uh, question, uh, doesn't Apple push updates on you or do you have to go check? No, no, it does. It just hadn't pushed it yet. It just, I didn't get the the notification. Oh, because this one's not the important one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just the ability to get your, your your phone taken over. I've thought twice about my, my iPhone. I, there's things I love about it. There's things I don't. But uh, well, um, now, hope, now with your help, I'm I'm up to date. Well, I will be. It's going to take a minute before it is. Right. And for through. those who don't know how to do this, if you haven't gotten the notification, updating is not an issue. You go to your settings app, then choose general. Then software update, and once you click on download and install, bada bing, bada boom, you'll be good to go. And it's a very short update, actually. So uh, that's crazy. And the fact that it affects every iPhone back to the iPhone SE, and uh, it's insane. Just do it. All your devices now. I mean, I'd wait, but, you know, we, we have to move along. Yeah, yeah. Next thing I had to tell you about, you know, I have had my doubts on a lot of electric devices because 
I personally, I was in Switzerland and I saw so much clean energy being used. And I also saw, you know, more traditional forms of energy, but being in, I traveled the world for a company and I saw power and 5G being used really well. For some reason, we haven't been able to get it together here in the U.S., but so if you have a Tesla battery at home, Tesla just tested out a virtual power plant that's going to help the grid. And this is amazing. So it's called a VPP and it consists of distributed energy storage systems like everybody's Tesla power walls used in concert to provide grid services and avoid the use of polluting and expensive peak power plants and shutting other people's electricity off. So they started uh, last year getting people to sign up voluntarily saying, you know, will, will you be interested in this? And also when there is an emergency, they do send out a notification. We have an emergency now. Do you want to join in and do it? So this happened. So this, uh, the Tesla gen- virtual power plant will compensate Powerwall owners $2 per kilowatt hour that they contribute to the grid during the emergency, during load reduction events. And homeowners are expected to get between $10 and $60 per event. Now, Florentino, don't you have one of these at home? Have you signed up for this? Uh, we do. I don't think we have. I haven't seen any information coming from our solar company uh, that uh, let you us would have to be with Southern California Edison or we're, 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 PG&E. We're, uh, we're we're with PG&E, so we should we should. Well, they've started in Northern California, so they're and they launched it in June. So hopefully they'll move down because this is brilliant. I mean, this avoided a power failure for so many homes, and when they sent out the notifications, two thousand three hundred and forty-two power wall users uh, they participated in the event on the PG&E network, and uh, it worked. It worked. Um, for PG&E, Tesla's VPP was outputting as much as 16 megawatts of power at one point during the event. Uh, it'd be interesting to find out how, because we have a tendency to use up our power wall. I, I have it set to about 15% or 20% retention, and it just in case we, we have an outage and it can power it. But basically, we're feeding, the, you know, usually at night, we're feeding the, 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 the house back with the power wall. So... We're not using any grid uh, at all. So we usually end up in like in the 90, 95% uh, of, you know, self power. So cool. Uh, yeah. I don't know how they would do that where they're going to take power from the power wall, but you know, if you don't have it l- left over, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, then you can't play yeah. <laughs> or you could produce more so you could make money. Yeah. There's that too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But the DWP here in LA has an entirely different system and the net metering doesn't really exist very much. So I don't know, but whatever. I think this is a brilliant thing. It's the Tesla virtual power plant trial. And there you go. If you got one, get ready to play. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, we're enjoying ours. So like I said, we don't, cool. we don't have to worry about, you know, the monster bills at the end of the month uh, oh. anymore. Don't do that to me. Don't even mention them. 
<laughs> don't I just passed them to my husband. I said, look, you want to turn things on, you know, you pay the bill because <laughs> I can live in a house with everything turned off. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So, so there's a new thing. If you get like a little package in the mail from Microsoft um, and you say, oh, look, Microsoft sent me something. Isn't this cool? You're going to be shocked to notice that you will get a very official looking Microsoft Office package with a USB stick in it. Isn't that cool? Well, you could just plug it into your computer and wow, you get free Microsoft Office Professional Plus. Except as we always say, if it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. This is all counterfeit. Um, even the USB drive is engraved with the Office logo. So, I mean, th this looks so official. But don't be tempted because if you plug it in, it will trigger a virus alert on your computer and suggest that you call a customer support line. And you know how that is. I don't know, once I got a, a, met, a phone call saying, this is Microsoft support. Um, we have a problem with your computer. Could you turn it on? And I just laughed so hard that I couldn't even answer the guy. Because you've got to know that Microsoft doesn't do this. <laughs> um, if you do call the Microsoft support line that is mentioned on the notification you get on your screen, a scammer will take over your computer lock it up and demand payment. This is happening. There have been reports on Twitter and in the UK. It's happening. It's real. So if you really want Microsoft Office Professional, it'll probably cost you about $439. Um, just pay for it. Or Microsoft 365 if you want. I like to own my copy of Microsoft Office, but just do not. It looks so official when you get it in the mail, but it's a scam. Trust me. I wonder how they get away with that, you know, because that's pretty, pretty specific. Ballsy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, sending an email, you could mask IPs or whatever, but, right. you know, um, it's, you know, you, somebody's got fingerprints on that thing. So I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Cool. That's crazy. I mean, it's insane. Um, so uh, are you on Snapchat, Florentino? You know what? I never became a Snapchat person. Yeah, me either. I, I, I've done everything else. I think that kind of came and went. I guess people still use it, but I don't see it as being as relevant as it, when it first came out when everybody was using it. And I didn't really like the, the initial reason why they made Snapchat in the first place. So, <laughs> Yeah, I don't use it either. But I did think that their little drone, this little tiny yellow drone, little tiny little thing, it had four little propellers, and it would go up in the air and you could take your pictures of yourself. It was called the Pixie. I thought it was adorable, but obviously people who used it and bought it for $229 each, I mean, it launched right from the palm of your hand. So any pictures you could take would look great and they would go to your Snapchat app, share with your friends. But after four months, uh, it's no longer available for purchase. The little tiny drone went bye-bye. Wow. I mean, I thought I think it's kind of cute, but A, I think the price point was too expensive, uh, $229. And B, you know, if you've ever tried to fly a drone and control it, it's hard. I mean, in our house, we crashed 
two or three, like $500 drones <laughs> <laughs> right into the swimming pool. It was great. Oh, wow. So I really, yeah, so it's bad. So, but drones are not easy. And and I wouldn't even attempt to do it. So there you go. One day ask Paul about our drone experience. I'm still mad at him for that. <laughs> oh, did he, did he destroy it? Uh, I don't know if it's destroyed, but uh, really quickly I, I bought it. We were going to go out, you know, as partners, we we're going to go out and try it out. Our first co company drone. And uh, he flew it over company uh, drone. Yeah, he, he flew it over uh, uh, overpass and it got lost. And he took it out when I was on vacation or I was out somewhere. So I was like, "Man, we didn't. I didn't even have a chance to 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 to, to ruin it with you." <laughs> yeah, I, I I think you've got some damages there. You could. <laughs> I think uh, I'm saying he's made up for it many many times over. But I like to give him a hard time about it. We haven't gotten a new one yet, so one of these days, and he's not allowed to touch it after that. <laughs> okay, well, as long as you got that ironed out. So Mark came across an article which he sent me, and it comes from makeuseof.com, which is a very good website. I enjoy reading it. And I've always wondered, you know, all these big hacks, oh, they got your email address. Well, figuring out a lot of people's email addresses is not that big a deal. I mean, you know, a few tries and you can probably figure it out. But where is the damage? What could happen if your email address is exposed? I mean, at the very least, you're going to get a bunch of junk mail, spam, and phishing attempts. But it seems that your email can also make you a target for spear phishing. And let me interrupt here. There's a website called Have I Been Pwned? And as you know, pwned is spelled P-W-N-E-D, I believe. You go to that website, put in your email address, it's perfectly safe, and it will tell you when you've been uh, breached, when they've gotten, you, you, your stuff is for sale on the web. They do have a tab on H-A-V-E-I-B-E-E-N-P-W-N-E-D.com, also to check your passwords. Now, I'm telling you that this is specifically safe. It's a great website. And you can run through your passwords and see which ones have been exposed on the dark web and which ones are still good. Very good website. It's a volunteer project. I can't recommend it more. So the bottom line is, if they get hold of your email address, you can become a target for spear phishing. The more the scammer knows about you, the target, the more successful it's going to be. You know, they can talk about your family in an email. Um, a lot of it was is targeted at cryptocurrency users. It's pretty, pretty bad. Also, your email address can help scammers target your contacts because a little bit of research can reveal other people you may know, your mom, your boss, your clients, and then they can start sending bad things out to them too. So just your email address is half your login. There's nothing I can say because email addresses are, you know, easy to, ha easy to see. Just be sure your password is crazy. Just be sure your password is, I use Google Chrome, and Google Chrome suggests passwords that I'm never going to be able to remember, not in 100 years. And I say, okay, do it. Just do it. 
You could always reset password as long as you have two-factor authentication on everything. So there's that. So uh, enough of the high tech. I want to talk about something that I really enjoy, and I love muscle cars. I love old muscle cars. I like new muscle cars. Not because I like to pollute. It's because if you've ever driven one, it's kind of magical. Have you ever driven a muscle car, Florentino? Yeah, actually, when I was a bit younger, I was, well, I, it was a Camaro, so it was uh, Rally Bitch Sport. It's a Camaro, man. Yeah, yeah I, I wish I had it now because it's worth a lot of money now. I'm just, I can't believe I gave it up as a kid thinking, oh, that's, you know, um, I was kind of spoiled, so I, I ended up moving into a Porsche after that, but I would. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> it was, it was mister. A, it, it was a 924, so it wasn't like it was a, you know. Excuse it was, me, <laughs> it's, <laughs> nobody's going to feel sorry. Boo hoo, boo hoo, oh, it was an old Porsche. No, don't feel sorry, but you are a lucky gentleman. I still have my Corvette C4 oh, from beautiful. 1985, under 45,000 miles. Oh, it looks pristine. There is a crack in one of the leather seats, but I've just been watching the price go back up on it like crazy. But anyway, so driving a muscle car is an experience. If you ever get the chance to, you have a friend, if you're lucky enough to have a friend that has a Hellcat. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great car. Um, I, I, it's insane, just insane. And there's also the Charger Daytona which is amazing. But these cars pretty much are made by Dodge, which is not a giant uh, player anymore. But the cars are beautiful. Every time I see a commercial for them, I just sit and go, oh, so beautiful, so lovely. Now, Porsche has a button inside the car. Uh, I, probably your old one didn't. But if you hit that button, it makes the exhaust sounds even more. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't have, I didn't have that. And the exhaust sounds are pretty much everything. When you feel that, you feel the rumble in your chest. I yeah. mean, that's all part of the cars. And the new Dodge EV is an SRT Hellcat. And they also have this Fratzonic, that's what they call it, chambered exhaust on the Charger Daytona SRT. And believe it or not... These cars have sound, <laughs> even though EVs are silent and quiet and nobody can hear them coming. These cars have a battery generated sound in the car and uh, you get in the car and you can hear and you can feel that vibration. Now, right now it's a concept car, but what drivers say is that it has a performance sound that rivals the SRT Hellcat, which is one heck of a car. So think, you can be doing your thing for the environment, driving an EV. The sound comes from an exhaust system that amplifies the electric sound and pushes it through a tuning chamber in the back of the car. Wow. So yeah, they added an exhaust to electric vehicle, but of course there's no exhaust. And it can go as high as 126 decibels, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, but it adds an extra fun factor to the car. Aside from the fact that the EVs done by Dodge are insanely, insanely fast. You just, 
you if you look them up, the, it's, it's everything. It's everything. But now it's got sound, too. So, yeah. I wish I could get one, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but so cool, right? I mean, cool factor. It's on fire. It's on fire. Yeah, I was wondering what they were going to do to make that. You know, why would you get like a Charger or, you know, a Challenger or any of the, the cars? Why? That, yeah. Now, why? Because you want that feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So that's why it's, as an EV, I was wondering, because, you know. Right. Oh, I understand. Sure. Coming from the, the, the muscle car world. And then when I got my little uh, C-Max, you know, it's a, a, a mm-hmm. electric hybrid, the energy. And my whole thing is how do I keep the mileage to be, I mean, I get more excited about going 700 miles on a tank of gas than I, than I do anymore about how fast <laughs> it is. It's like, and, and it's like a little video game. You you got to make sure that your braking's right so that you hit 90 to 100% return. And uh, it's just, that's been what, more what I've found with the, with, the, with the electric cars. But it'd be nice to actually feel like I'm, I'm in a car again. That yeah, has right, oomph. right. And that, and that vroom, vroom that you feel in the seat. Yeah. I, I know, folks, this sounds crazy. But you need to experience it. it. It's just something. And when you're in an EV, you're not causing damage to the environment. So yeah, go to the Dodge dealer and, and try it when it makes it out there. I think that's great. And last, last thing for today, because we're going to have a little shorter show. Um, are you using Facebook Messenger? And if you are, do you really believe that it has end-to-end encryption? <laughs> Well, no, it seems it, it doesn't as the normal default. And even if you have it turned on, which I'm going to teach you how to do right now, um, if the police want your information, easy peasy, subpoena gets it every time. And what does that mean that it doesn't disappear? Uh, no, it always lives on the meta servers. <laughs> it's just, just the way it is. I'm not saying you can't trust some platforms, but you know, you can start using it. Uh, the e they call it in short e to e e on Messenger on a per chat basis only. So there's no default. There's nothing you can set that'll make all your calls or chats end to end encrypted. So here's what you do: when your Messenger mobile app select chats from the bottom menu. Tap on the edit icon in the upper right, kind of looks like a pen. Toggle the lock button in the top right. Of course, it's just a lock button. How would you know that it's going to do anything? But toggle the lock icon. Then select the name of the person you want to chat with. Um, According to Meta, you can't use E2EE with businesses or public figures. But if you're doing it with someone else, Go ahead, you can toggle that lock, and then you're chatting away. And you have end-to-end encryption. But what if you would like your chat to go away? What if you would not like it sitting on the other end, which is that person's device? Well, here you go. Write this down because this works as of today. If you're already chatting with the person and you decide you want to enable E2EE, just within the conversation, tap the information, looks like an I again, and then tap go to secret conversation, and that will convert the call. Now, if you want it to disappear, this is amazing, 
there's a thing called vanish mode. Yeah, I didn't read that in any of the instructions on Facebook either. But if you go to the information page on Messenger, tap vanish mode, because we all do go to that information page all the time, right? It's so attractive. But tap vanish mode, and if you toggle vanish mode on, you can decide at what time you want the messenger, uh, the message you're sending to vanish. And that can be anywhere from five seconds to a day. This is called disappearing rather than vanishing. And uh, to create a true disappearing message, tap on the name of the person you're texting with when you're in the encrypted conversation. So you've already done the steps I told you ahead of time. You'll be brought to settings page for secret conversations. Tap on disappearing messages. Tap on the time limit you want. It will disappear. So uh, you got secret. You got all kinds of things. Just replay this part of the podcast. Do these little things. And they don't make it easy. You can do encrypted chats on the web using the Messenger app on Chrome, Safari, and Firefox. But that's a whole other set of instructions. So that's about it for me this week. I'm kind of talked out. And I'm so glad you joined us. Please like us, share us, let your friends know about us because this show runs every week now for almost 10 years and it's just for you. We give the latest in tech news and we want to help you. Connect with me at Marsha Collier on Twitter, direct message, it's open. And if you have any comments or questions about the show, and I really appreciate your listening. So now... For me, and not Marsha Collier, but say goodbye, Florentino. Hey, hey, goodbye. And by the way, my my uh, phone is finally installing <laughs> the new, the new <laughs> All right. uh, 6.1. So. <laughs> so whoever thought they could hack Florentino can't do it now. So take care. Have a great week. Stay healthy. Stay happy. And see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought.